0: Well, uh, take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Thank you uh, for being in church tonight. Do pray for Pastor as he's out. We have a couple men right now. They are uh, actually a couple families. They're probably getting right there into San Jose. I know the service tonight up in uh, San Jose or Santa Clara is at, I want to say, 7 o'clock or maybe it's 6 30, so they have another, about another hour. Uh, so pray for their safety. Thank the Lord that uh, we have a pastor that uh, it wants to grow, a pastor that wants to learn, a pastor that wants to be fed. I don't know of a, a pastor that wants to learn more and is growing more than our pastor. And sometimes a church like ours, especially uh, those that have been here for a long time, uh, we get used to this. Um, and we see Pastor Myers... Uh, You know, every day, and we've known him. I've I've known Pastor Myers since he was uh, Steve, and then it was Brother Steve. When I first came, I called everybody by their first name to our church. Steve, and then Steve, and then Brother Myers, and then now Pastor. I remember that transition when he became pastor. I was so used to calling him Brother Myers. I said, "You know what? He's my pastor. I need a transition." And start calling him Pastor Myers. And I thank God that he's our pastor. Uh, And and, uh, sometimes we take our pastor for granted. I want to encourage you to pray for him. Pray for his family. Uh, I thank God for our staff here. Uh, Brother Joseph, probably one of the brightest young men that I know. And thank the Lord for him, seeing him grow up here. Our young people uh, that grew up here are amazing. We have so many in this room uh, that are on staff here and at, uh, uh, at different places on the mission field. So just serving the Lord. And they're just common people. Come here, maybe on a bus. Some of them came with their parents and they said, Lord, use me. And they uh, are used of God. And then we have our uh, great lay people here. A church is not a church because of the staff. Somebody once said a staff-run church is a staff-ruined church. Our, our staff, we do a lot of stuff here, but that's not the church. The church is the people here in the church. And I thank God for you uh, daily as I have my prayer time in my office and as I drive around I see different cars and I think of different members in our class and uh in our church and in my class and and I pray for you I praise the Lord for you your faithfulness and your work and your uh and your diligence and serving here is why we have a great church you know I don't know if you notice we uh, pastor um uh, Myers had uh, mentioned that we gave over uh, uh, 20,000 to Brother Tong Di and uh, the work there in in Laos. I want to say 24 or so thousand. I, I may be wrong. Somebody help me. Uh, no, it's like 24, right, Miss About 24,000. Uh, I talked to Brother Tong Di a couple of days ago. He said, "Yeah, it was 20,000." I didn't know that there were other fees. We had to, there's no electricity there. He said, I had to bring electricity in. He said, guess how much it costs? I said, how much? He said, 24000 And so he said, God knew where, uh, God succeeded and God knew where I failed. And I, I said, well, I know you, and that is easy to say. But, Brother Tongdi, if you're listening, thank the Lord for Brother Tongdi. And uh, thank the Lord for our team in Southeast Asia. Um, Thank the Lord for our our young people. They had a chance to go to New Mexico this past week. And uh, my wife came back and she was talking to some of the uh, uh, teams there, the teams that we beat. And they were, uh, uh, young people, they were thoroughly impressed with you. And your testimony for him and your testimony uh, uh, and how you represented our God, represented our pastor, and represented our church. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for being a good example. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31, the Bible says this. Then said Jesus, I'll wait a little while here. Verse 31, Matthew 26. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I shall die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the apostles, Yes, yes, we're not going to leave you. We're not going to deny you. Jesus, Jesus said that they would. Peter was a spokesman. Up, oh, not me. Now Peter sat without in verse uh, 69, if you go uh, to verse 69, turn uh, uh, down a couple of verses there. And Peter here, he's there with Christ, and they come and get him, the guards, and they go, and he was at Gethsemane, and they come and get him, and everybody runs away, as Jesus had said. By the way, when God speaks his word, it's truth. There's no lie in it. And it'll be good as Christians, and sometimes myself, as we hear the word of God, uh, uh, we absorb the word of God, and we obey it. Uh, most problems that come about in this life, it's not because we obey the word of God. It's because we defy God's principles. And as Christians, as, as children of God, let's uh, uh, seek to know what God's principles are and seek to obey him and to live by him. In verse 69, now Peter sat without the palace. A damsel came unto him saying, thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied, there he is. Before them all saying, I know not thou what thou sayest. And when he had gone out into the porch, another maid, he's at one place, he said, Hey, you're with that Jesus guy. And then he goes into the porch and said, uh, and the maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. He said, Nah, not me. I promise. I know not the man. And after a while came him uh, they, that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. He says, you have that talk. There's something about you. You have that, uh, your vocabulary, you don't speak like the world. You, you don't speak like us. You have this type of Christian type of speak, if you will. I don't know if that was the case, but if the case is maybe he had a different accent. I don't know. But he says, your speech be, uh, betrayeth thee. Then he, then began he to curse. He said, you know, I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to start cussing. I'm going to start saying some bad words. I'm going to start saying words that uh, are not Christ-like, words that defile Christ, and, uh, and, and words that are, 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 are just improper. And you can imagine the words he would uh, have said. And he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. Immediately what happened? The cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt not deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, you bless these next 20 or so minutes we have together. Lord, help us to get uh, uh, something out of your word. Lord, help us to see the principles from your word and help us to be edified because of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I believe every Christian should have a goal to truly thrive in the Christian life. If I was to sit down right now and to stand it, to ask every single one of you if you wanted to be a 10 as a Christian or a 1 as a Christian, one being the just you you just saved as by fire. And If you want to be on fire for God, I mean loving the Lord and, you know, having that well done, thou good and faithful servant. and just, just a number 10 as a Christian. I don't think any one of us here would say, you know what? I desired that number one. You wouldn't be here if that's the case. You're here and you're in church and you're going out soul winning and you're trying to read your Bible. You want to be that 10. You want to be that Christian that thrives and that loves Christ. A desire to know Christ and a love for him. Should be every one of our heartbeat, and I think it is our heartbeat. The heartbeat of every Christian. Yet along the way, as Christians, we hit some roadblocks. We get into some speed bumps. We get distracted. We get setbacks. We have disappointments. And yes, we have failures. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And this world is rough, and we have the world, and we have the flesh, and we have uh, the devil bombarding us, and, 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 and the Bible says uh, throwing his, his tricks and his fiery darts at us. And we have to not only just uh, uh, um, uh, 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 move away from those darts of the world, and then we have Satan, and then we have that person that we look in the mirror every day, the flesh, And along the way, we fail. Some of us have failures that no one knows about. It's in that secret place of our closet. And in that secret place of our drawers where nobody here knows that our hearts, nobody would see it. And God knows. Let me say this. God knows our sin. And when we're about to do something and we look left and we look right and we look in front of us and behind us. Oftentimes we forget to look above. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you, or or, uh, ears what you hear and uh, mouth what you say. And we got to be careful of what, we, what goes inside because a, a, a trash in, trash will come out. The Bible says I c- cannot but uh, speak the s- things I've seen and heard. And we fail. And maybe the failure is private. Some of us, maybe the failure is public. Maybe the failure is something catastrophic to your family. Maybe the failure is something small where you're thinking, man, I cannot believe I did that. And we have ministry workers who feel like failures. Sometimes it's a small thing, but inside your heart, you're thinking, man, you're beating yourself. uh, And you're thinking, man, I just messed up. Ministry workers, some of you may feel like failures. Some parents may feel like failures. Man, I've loved God, and I'm I'm coming to church Sunday morning and Sunday night, and I'm trying to raise my kids right, and, and I don't even understand what's going on. I have some problems. Maybe you have young people in your home. You're trying to have family altar and you love your children. You want to go to uh, uh, spend time with them. Let me say this, uh, parents, your children are only going to stay small. It's only going to stay young for that long. Before you know it, they're going to be old. Before you know it, they're gonna be out of high school. Before you know it, they'll be out of college. Before you know it, they'll fall in love. Before you know it, they'll get married. And let me say this we'll be old and decrepit. Once upon a time, I thought I was, you know, just like gonna be young forever. Then all of a sudden, the stuff starts start getting wrinkly, memories start going. I mean, I, was, I played basketball about, about a year ago. <laughs> And I went out there at that gym. And Brother Tim was there. A couple of other guys. I ran two times. Sub. (laughs) Sat there. Somebody give me CPR. (laughs) Water. I had to, whoo. I'm going to get my second win. Let me go back. Did it again. Same thing. I was done for the day. Before you know it, our children will be gone. Some of us. Maybe we feel like failures man. my children maybe aren't serving the Lord like they should. Let me say this, parents, let me encourage you. Doesn't matter what happens to your children. You love God and you do what you're supposed to do. The Bible says everyone shall give an account of himself unto the Lord. And you keep staying faithful. And don't you give up. And don't you say, man, I'm going to throw in a towel because you know what? My kids are going this direction. Guess what? One day. When your kids, when your children get right with God. Like that prodigal son that went on a far journey, that went out, sold himself, and gave all the inheritance, all the godliness that you taught them, all the godliness that you invested in, and spent it all in the world. They're gonna to come to the realization that they need the Father. And they have parents that did not reject them, parents that prayed for them, parents that are still in church, parents that are still going for the Lord. And I guarantee you, when they look to somebody, they're going to look and think about something. They're going to think about, man, don't I have my parents? My fathers have servants that eat well, and I'm over here at the slop. Amen. And they're going to come to themselves, and they're going to get back, not unto the Lord, but to you. I want to say, keep on going. We have young people in here that feel like failures. Man, I got suspended from school. Uh, This happened or that happened. Uh, And and man, I'm just frustrated. You have students that feel like failures. And you try, and you try, and you try, and you still get C's. And it's like, oh, man, I just, I just, I don't know what it is. I feel like a failure. Look, I want my kids to, to, uh, parents, I'm Asian, okay? If, I w- if my kids should get B's, I wouldn't be called Asian. We would call- be called B's, right? I want my kids to get A's. But more than important than my children excelling in school, I want them to love God. I want them to be obedient to, uh, to me and his word. And I want them to try their best. I want to instill in them whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. If all thy might is see, praise God, I love you, son. I love you, uh, 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 princess. That's good enough for me. And we have this high, high, uh, 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 just th- th- this, this, this thought of, man, this is where I want my children to be. This is the pinnacle. And by the way, I want that for my children. But if, that, if they don't reach my standard, Excuse me. If they don't reach my standard, it's not, I, I, am I going to just cast them away? No, it's not about my standard. It's about God's standard. I'm going to accept them and I'm going to love them. And we have students that feel like failures. We have people at work. Sometimes maybe you might feel like a failure. We have people in this room right now that are failing to keep God's commandment. And there secret sins in your life. And there's something that God speaks to you, and you pull out your hair and say, man, I cannot believe I'm back in this mire. I don't know why I'm I'm uh, uh, struggling with this. Let me say this, failure is not final. You are not a failure if you fail. You're a, a, a failure if you give up. You're a failure if you throw down the towel and say, hey, it's just not worth it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that call according to his purpose. God has a specific place and a specific time for you, though we have different failures. Let me say this. The Bible says this, that a just man falls seven times and gets back up. Failure is not final. There are people in the Bible that fail. I think of Adam. Adam really ushered in sin upon mankind. And he could beat himself. Abraham. Boy, Abraham. Abraham was greatest, one of the greatest uh, men in the Bible. He was a friend of God. But yet he disobeyed God in his word. He went down to Egypt. He was supposed to go there to sojourn. But he stayed for a long time hey jacob what a deceiver you are you conniving brother you tricked your brother into selling that birthright so you could have the best moses you murdered somebody you had a bad temper You misrepresented God. By the way, you couldn't even go into promised land because of that. Here's a man that just worked and worked and worked and worked. And his goal was to get to that promised land. Let me say this, uh, 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 children of God. Let me say this, church. We want the best for our life, and I know that you do. The children of Israel, it's supposed to take them about a week to get into the promised land. It took them 40 years. And they went in circles and circles and circles and circles and circles. Say, why? Complaining, griping, Then trust God. How in the world do you not trust God? I do not know. When you see the plagues come in, I'm about to go get a drink of water and all of a sudden the water turns into blood. Frogs and lice and locusts. And then God takes everybody out. The firstborn dies and God takes everybody out. And they're stuck between the Red Sea and the armies of Pharaoh. And all of a sudden the water comes up. I don't know about you, man. If I see that, what in the world? And the Bible says they crossed on dry ground. They didn't cross in muddy ground. They didn't cross in a swamp. It was dry ground. They took their wagons, everything. I don't know, they saw this big wall of, uh, of water. They went, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe it's coincidence. No, it's God. Amen. At night, they were warmed by a pillar of fire. In the daytime, they were shaded by a cloud that God provided. And they wanted food, and God gave them manna. Man they had it made, but yet they still didn't believe God. You say, man, those people, if, I, if that was me, I would believe every word of God. Here it is. Here it is. But they didn't even have the Bible. Moses misrepresented God and murdered, yet he wasn't a failure. You think of David, a man after God's own heart, loved God. He had the heartbeat of God. Adultery, murder. These great men of God, they failed. A man that fails or a person that fell, is not a failure. You're a failure if you give up. A man that could tell us all about failures in the Bible is the Apostle Peter. He never intended to fail. He never thought he would fail Christ. Yet he did. Peter's heart beating when he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go all the way with you. Though everybody leaves you, I'm not going to leave you. I think he really meant it. But yet when the time came, he failed. Let's look at number one here, the Peter's pathway to failure. What caused him to fail? In verse 31 of that chapter there, chapter 26 in Matthew, then said Peter unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it's written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock uh, shall be scattered abroad, but after I am risen again, I will go before thee into Galilee. Here's Peter, he answers and says this, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I would never be offended. Peter was a little cocky. Peter had a little bit pro- a problem with pride. Let me say this, church. First Corinthians chapter ten, the Bible says this: "Let he that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall." Yeah. Peter's pride was his downfall. What are some symptoms of pride? Let me say this: How do you accept correction? Are you teachable? Sometimes I tell my children and they get in trouble. Instead of just taking the correct, uh, correction, they want to give the reasons why it wasn't done. I love staff meeting back in the day. I still love that staff meeting now. Pastor Esposito. I had a really good relationship with him. And I tell, I, I tell people, he put a lot in my bank account. Not monetarily, but just into me. He invested a lot of time into me and he, he he put a lot in my my, my spiritual bank account. Amen. Now when he put in, he had to take out. And in staff meetings I remember this. Hey, guys, how was uh, the visiting this week? We had such and such a a person came. This couple came. Um, Did you guys write them? Did you guys text them? Did you guys follow up on Tuesday? Did you swing by and uh, and thank them for being our guest? Did you give them a gift this week? It was my turn. I said, Pastor, you know what? I forgot. I had this. I was coaching. I had school. He said, don't tell me all the reasons why you can't do it. Just get the job done. And and I was a young staff member. I would try to go on, Brother Esposito. Brother, the less you talk and the more you listen, the better. And I was like. And then the next person. Brother, did you visit that? No, sir. Can you get that? I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I just got ripped. My face is down here. I'm stitching it all back up. But because he put so much into that bank account, I never got offended. I wanted to learn. There was times I went into pastor's office. I said, pastor, if you see something that I need help with, please tell me. I want to be the best staff member I can be. I want to be the best person I can be. A prideful person does not accept correction. Number that's a prideful person criticizes and belittles belittles people. When you're always belittling people, you know what you're trying to do. and You're cutting them down so you can go higher. Be careful. Be careful. The Bible says this, let another man praise thee, not thy own lips, a stranger, not thy own mouth. Well, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and man, it's just, man, it's me, it's me. It's all me. Might be some pride there. Everything is great because of you. By the way, I am what I am because of the grace of God. I'm standing right here because not of me, because God and because other people in my life, they've invested in me. And I thank God for the investment my mom made and, and, and Pastor Myers, Pastor Esposito, and all these men that helped me growing up in a single mom home and, and growing up without a dad and growing up just hungry for the word of God, hungry to do something for God. Another um, Evidence or another uh, uh, way that you know you're proud is you don't deflect the praise. When the praise come, you soak it like a sponge. Hey, good job of that in that game. Praise the Lord, man. Coach, Coach uh, Tim, he's helped me out a lot. He's made me shoot all those free throws, and I ran a lot. It's not because of your talent. It's because of the people has helped you. Being humble is realizing that God and others are responsible for the achievements in your life. You don't listen to advice or counsel of others. You think you're Mr. Know-it-all. You think you're too important to do a small task. Pride. Pride is the disease that'll hit us, that make us low. The Bible says this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And what's going to happen? He'll exalt you in due time. Not only was he prideful, but he was with the wrong companions. Verse 56, the Bible says, Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false witness against them, and he was there. And yet when he was there, to make the long story short here, he's out there and he's with the people. He's... In the porch with them he's outside with them and then he's at the porch with them and then all of a sudden it gets cold and he goes even closer and says you know what let me get closer to that fire and he's with them in that fire who are you hanging out with you are who you have fellowship with by the way if you're around people that criticize, guess what? You're not going to be happy. You're around people. Uh, it, who are you with? Galatians 5, 7. If you could turn it real fast. I'll, I'll quote it real fast. You can write it down. Galatians 5, 7. The Bible says this. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you, you should not obey the truth? It's not what hindered you. It's who. Who is the person in your life that you shouldn't be with? I'm not just talking about young people. I'm talking about older people, too. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about parents. Let me say this. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful who you fellowship with. Be careful who your friends are. Oh, you don't understand. They're my family. Doesn't matter who they are. Peter never cursed until he got with the wrong crowd that we can know in the scriptures. You are who you hang out with. Let me say this, church. Have friends that, sharpens you, uh, that sharpen you. Yes. After you leave a conversation, after you're with somebody, uh, uh, that person, do they sharpen you? Do they make you fall in love more with Christ? Are, are they somebody that you uh, a that man, that's a, fresh of bre- uh, 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 a breath of fr- uh, fresh air? Or when you're with them, you tend to talk about the wrong things. You tend to tell the wrong jokes. You tend to talk about subjects that you're not supposed to talk to, uh, about. Let me say this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Look full in his wonderful face. Amen. Hey, church, be careful who you're with. Let me say this. There's a lot of people that come to our church. tone was full. Just because they come to church doesn't mean they're, they're good people. Amen. Let me say this, parents. Be par- careful who your children hang out with. Well, I, my, my child is trying to help them. Look, if you get somebody around sick people, that person's sick, and you get some healthy people around some sick people, the likelihood of those other per- people getting sick are very high. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful who you allow your children hang out with. By the way, <laughs> parent your kids. Don't just give them a phone. Yeah, I have parents... I had somebody from a different church call me, frustrated. Oh, Brother Ross, my, my, my child uh, is just is chatting with somebody in, on the Zoom. Then on chat, some chat thing, sending each other inappropriate pictures. Did you take the phone away? Yes, I did. Good. I gave it back to, uh, the, the mom gave it back to that person a week later my soul. Well, I need to get a hold of my children. You know what it is? We get too busy with our own things and say, here, take care of yourself. I'm too, I'm too busy for you. Parents, do not be too busy for your, your children. Make sure they're right with the right people. Peter never cursed until he was with the wrong crowd. Have friends that sharpen you. Have friends that challenge you. Have friends that pry you to the will of God. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Let me say this. You'll always regret getting into sin. Look at Matthew 26 real fast in verse 75. And Peter remembered this all happened. He betrayed Christ and and all of a sudden the cock crew uh, 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 starts crawling. And Peter remembers God brings it to his mind, the word of the Lord Jesus. And look what happens to him. And he went out and wept what? Bitterly. It's not worth it. Sin will bring you further than you want to go, leave you longer than you want to stay, cost more than you want to pay. Amen. Sometimes we think, oh man, it's just, just a little bit. No, you're going to go out weeping bitterly. Let me say this. Number next, we see Peter's uh, pardon after failure. God will forgive you. God will forgive you. God sought Peter. Mary Magdalene entered the tomb of Jesus, and she sees the two angels. And the angel says to him in Mark chapter 16 and verse 11, go your way. Tell the disciples, and Peter. Christ was there. Later in John chapter 21, Peter's discouraged again. He says, I go a fishing. He fished all night and went in the morning. uh, He was done. He came and in verse 4, he stood at the shore. Guess who was there? Christ was there waiting for him. Doesn't matter where you've been. Christ is there waiting. Oh, I like the song. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Waiting patiently in line. He was there all the time. God's right there. So I know you messed up. Boy, I love you. Draw a eye to God now. Draw a eye to you, man. You, you, you come to me. I'll come to you. I'm waiting for you. I'm just right here. I've never left you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You strayed away. Come on. Come home. The Father really loves you, the song says. First John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Turn to Romans chapter 17, real fast. I'll be done. Romans chapter 17. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I love Paul. Paul is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, if I had another son, I was going to call him Paul, then Paul came to church and said, I'll never name my kid Paul. <laughs> First one I named Nathan, second one I was going to name Paul, but we never had another son, We're okay, glad I got one, Amen. but we see Peter's pursuit beyond failure. You look at Peter, he messed up. He went away crying bitterly. And in Acts chapter 1, we see him preaching. The Bible says 3,000 souls were saved. And they were added to the church. The Bible says they gladly received, were added to the church. Doesn't matter where you've been, God's there for you. Failure is not final. I see Paul here in verse 13 in chapter 7 in Romans. Was then that which is good made death unto me? Paul says, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me, that by which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For ye know that it is in law spiritual. I'm carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For that which I would, that I do not. But, I, but what I hate, that I do. As we're reading here, I want you to just feel his frustration. Because he's kind of like, ah! For you know, verse 14, or, or, or verse 16. If then that I do that which I would not. I consent unto the law that which is good. Now then there's no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that is in me, that's in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but now it, to perform that which is good, I find not. He's saying, man, I want to do right. For some reason I just fail." He says, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do he says here in verse 22 that he delights in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, verse 23, warring against the law of my mind and bringing into captivity the law of sin, which is in my members, O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Ah! And then the best part of it comes to verse 25. I thank God through Jesus. Our Lord. He says, I am just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I fail and I fail and I fail. And let me say this, church, you're going to fail. And I'm not saying like what the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How, uh, who are, uh, how are we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? Let's get out of the sin. I don't go to heaven because I do good. I go to heaven. uh, uh, I do good because I'm going to heaven. There's no works here. But I want to do good. I want to do right. But man, sometimes it's hard. And we fail. Thank God Jesus forgives us. Failure is not final. Oh, Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite presidents. 1831, failed in business. 1832, defeated for legislator. 1833, failed in business. 1834 elected to legislation or legislator 1835 his wife died had a nervous breakdown 1838 defeated for speaker 1839 defeated for elector 1843 defeated for congress 1846 elected for congress 1848 defeated for congress 1855 defeated for senate he had more defeats than he had Victories, 1855 defeated for Senate, 1856 defeated for Vice President, 1858 defeated for Senate, in 1860 he was elected President of the United States. Abraham Lincoln learned that failure was not final. When you're safe, failure is never final. Get back up, dust yourself up, get forgiveness from God and say, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on. Perhaps you've been on the pathway of failure. Let me say this. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you and forsake that sin right. and forsake that failure. Don't abuse the grace of God. Get help. Failure isn't final. But if you quit, it'll be final. Keep working. Keep going. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you should reap if you faint not. Let us pray. We have so many people that feel like failures. Let me say this. The Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We have so many people living in despair and living in, in, in just, they have a low self-esteem because of the sin that they had in their life. Their past. Let's say this, you could do something for God. God will forgive you. God will raise you up. Don't quit. Keep going. Some of you, you feel like failures on your in your ministry. Man, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything happen. Keep going. You'll see something. Well, I just I've been serving God and I've been serving God and man, it's just like I haven't gotten a breakthrough. Let me say this: Your deliverance is coming. Your big day is coming. Not because of you, because of the nature of who God is. Maybe that big day is not until death where we meet Jesus. And let me say this, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Failure is quitting. Failure is not something that you just throw your hands up and say, I'm I'm done. No, it's part of life. Heads bowed, eyes closed, everybody standing with me together, please. If God's spoken to you in some way, why don't you use an altar and ask God, God, I failed in this error, forgive me. Maybe you say, man, Lord, help me. Help me not to get discouraged. Help me to keep on going. My bus route it seems like it's going nowhere. Help me to keep going. My Sunday school class seems like it's not going anywhere. Help me to keep going. My Sunday... Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 care group uh, class. It's just, it just seems like I'm not making an impact. Keep going, keep going. Maybe in here today, you're not even a Christian. Maybe today you don't know Christ as your Savior. And today you say, Brother Ross, I'm not sure today if I die, I'll go to heaven. I like somebody to show me from the Bible how to go to heaven. Is there anybody like that? Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm not sure if I go to heaven when I die. I like to be sure. See anybody like that?